You're listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and today I'll be speaking with Marty Althaus and Grace Lai about their new book, Ten for Seven, A Camping Adventure Gone South Out West. Welcome to the show, Marty and Grace. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. All right. As best as I can tell, neither of you have published a book before. So talk to me about before we get into the nuts and bolts, about how this book came about concerning a trip you took 30 years ago. Grace, you want to take that one? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because we both had, um, I think, two different motives for writing the book. And for me, I had always been interested in writing. I've always enjoyed it. And so when I, you know, my dad originally wrote everything down back in 1995, I guess, after the trip. And so I came across his notes about 15 years later, and I was fascinated by all of the stories that were in his notes. And I thought, gosh, there's so much content here. I could turn this into a book. So for me, it was it was kind of I've always loved writing and wanted to write a book. And then I had all of this content that I could use to write a book. Okay. And Marty, I mean, did you resist at first or did you say hey this sounds like a great idea well to tell you the truth michael i didn't know she was doing it at first so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's true what the what what we call the original manuscript that as grace was referencing goes back to 1994 it was uh this trip had a lot of all, all the things that had not gone wrong on our previous 10 years of camping went wrong on this trip uh, from the, the little little silly little things uh, to some very serious things. Uh, and when the trip was over, we got back home, and uh, I had I put my, my entire family through a pretty significant amount of trauma, uh, including myself. And as Grace mentioned, I spent maybe nine months uh, writing it all down as a way to just get it off of my chest. And, and my intent was write it down, get it in a manuscript someplace, and then put it on a top shelf, not to be seen maybe ever again, or maybe my grandkids would read it in 50 years. So <laughs> when I found out she was working on it, she'd already spent quite a bit of time. Uh, and I went back and I read it and I said, hey, you've, you've butchered my work. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but we, no, after that, we, we got together. We collaborated uh, with a tremendous amount of help from our publisher, uh, Sandra, Sandra Jonas. And the three of us kind of worked pretty close hand in hand for a couple of years to get it to the final version. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, let me ask you this. Whenever I've interviewed uh, folks that jointly write a book, there's always various issues that come up. Um, I recently interviewed two uh, young ladies, very prominent um, scientists who fled Albania together and they're twins. Mm -hmm. And they alternated chapters. One would write a chapter, the other one would write the next chapter. How did y'all do that? You've talked a little bit about it with Grace picking up the manuscript and starting. But yeah. Part of the joint process. How did y'all do that, Grace? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've read their book. Good Morning Hope. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, um, but, you know, it's interesting. I think we definitely did not do it that way. We, you know, I had my dad's original notes and manuscript and I spent several years on my own rewriting it. And then once we had a publishing deal, Marty, you know, I said, let's, we're all going to work on this together. So Marty and I, um, we really, it was one of those where I would work on a chapter and then I would send it to him to work on what I had worked on. So we really kind of went back and forth with the manuscript between 
uh, me, our publisher and my dad, um, it was definitely not, you do the forward, I'll do the epilogue. There's the work really is a collaboration of both of us. And it even got to the point where I wrote something really funny. And then my dad would say, Oh, I wrote this and it's so great. And I was like, no dad, I wrote that. I mean, it was like, there, you know, it were, we worked so closely together that you really, you can't tell sometimes who wrote what. And then I will say at other times, there are things where I'm like, Oh yeah, that was, that was Sandra's input or, Oh yes. You know, my dad definitely wrote that. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, um, you really wouldn't be able to tell who wrote what. And our sense of humor is so similar that even, you know, the funny parts of the book, you you know, that that was both of us. Uh -huh. We had some very different impressions about what was funny or not funny. Or, uh, and over time, I will say, we, we, <laughs> we ended up settling most things congenially. Uh, and after a while, we thought, okay, we... This has taken a lot of time, so we we started the voting process. So we we got to <laughs> a two to one majority uh, would would yeah. win the day on on our differences. That's I guess one of the nice things about having the three of us work so closely on it is it was two to one if if people were really disagreeing on something. But you know, for the most part, I can maybe think of only one or two things that people had a serious disagreement yeah. on. Other than that, we it was really pretty cordial for the most part. All right. Well, I want to get into a little bit more about the dynamics because one of the things that fascinates me is, Grace, you experienced this at a certain young age. Yeah. Your dad experienced it at a different age, and then you're yeah. revisiting it many years later. But yeah. let me ask Marty this question. You you kind of put this manuscript together or, or diary, whatever you want to call it, back in 94. How long, once, once Grace picked it up, how long did it take you guys? What time period before you got it to the point where you said, okay, I think this is ready? Well, I I spent about a year in 94, 95 with the original manuscript. Okay. Uh, when Grace picked it up, I, she probably worked on it for at least a couple of years incognito. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it was, a, honestly, it was about 10 years on and off. And okay. I mean, some of those times were really off. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'd work on it for nine months and then I wouldn't touch it for two years. So it, it was... 10 years on and off. And it was finally a couple of years ago where I said, I have spent so much time on this. I've worked on it for so long. I need to do one last push and get it to where I really just can't make it any better. Um, right. And I did that. And then that's when I started submitting it to publishers. And okay. then once we got one, we spent two years, I mean, very, almost, uh, almost exactly a two very years. solid two intense years yeah. working on it. Yeah. Not uncommon. All right, but let me ask you this. You you are reconstructing this this trip, okay? Although I'm going to ask Marty about this in a bit. He has inserted some time periods from another trip. Mm -hmm. Grace, I'm assuming, before you were born, based yep. on what I read. But in reference to the family trip, um, I know you had the notes. I know you had the manuscript. Were there any instances, Marty, where Grace read it and said, wait a minute, you, you omitted this or you forgot about that? <laughs> You know, uh, Michael, there really weren't, um, okay. uh, and largely because I guess even at age 14, she was very much focused on different things than I was focused <laughs> on. 
That's, that's yeah. what I should do the book. Well, uh, that is that comes across in one chapter in the book, uh, as I recall. Some uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the freckles chapter. Yes, yes yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in fact, in a way, it was a little bit of not, I won't say a problem, but uh, most of the family members had very little memory of it. Uh, and when I go back and talk to them, kind of, so some in depth input for about. 10 minutes of the trip, but not much overall. Uh, and, uh, you know, my wife, bless her heart, was, was not real anxious to recall any of this trip. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about that, too. Now, listen, and I thought this was wonderful. The chapters each have a picture in them. OK, yeah. now, was that were those pictures already selected, Marty, when you did the manuscript back in 94? Or is this something as you all were writing, you pulled out the old pictures and decided where they might go? It was very much the, the latter when uh, we hadn't thought much about pictures at all until we got pretty close to the end. Uh, and then, you know, Sandra Jonas was asking us, well, do you have photos? And I'm going, well, you know, we we got photos, but some of them are 50 years old and some of them are 30 years old. Right. And then we didn't have cell phones then. So it was, you know, it was a big old heavy camera. <laughs> so there was not a plethora of pictures. Um, but when we started going through the archives, there was some great pictures. In fact, we we end up having to be kind of picky, which um, mm. we had some great shots. Of course, as it would turn out, we'd have three or four great shots for chapter five and then yeah. no shots for chapter six. <laughs> uh, it, it makes it very, per as a reader, it makes it very personal, kind of gives, you know, when we read fiction or nonfiction, if there are characters we're imagining, we're trying to imagine what they look like, what their characteristics are. Um, this made it very concrete for me, which I think is really good for the reader as well. Now, look, you're talking to, a, in my younger days, a backpacker and a camper and uh, those types of things. Talk to me, Grace, about the bonding experience, if that's the right phrase, of a family going on a trip. Now, you're 14 at the time. So I, this may be one of those trips that, you know, I, I can vaguely recall as I was younger, not wanting to go on. But talk to me about that. Well, I think, you know, some of us enjoyed camping more than others. Uh, <laughs> I was one of the ones who enjoyed it. And so was Max. My oldest okay. sister was not so much into it. But I think I think going on those trips really did bring us closer together. And I think specifically camping brought us closer together just by the nature of you're all crammed into a seven person tent. There's right. no privacy. There's no personal space. I mean, you're very much attuned to what else, you know, everybody has going on. And in this particular camping trip with everything that kind of went wrong, I think it's an, you know, it's one of those instances where when there's a tragedy or when something bad happens and you see, you know, the community or families come together and it really does make you stronger as a group. And I think with this trip specifically, that's what happened to us. And I, I mean, I will say we were all pretty young, my oldest sister, I think, was more aware of the severity of everything than some of the rest of us were. But, you know, all of us knew something serious was going on to some degree. And I think we really pulled together to be extra nice and supportive to each other throughout the trip. Mar Marty, did it feel that way during the trip? I don't remember. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My you head was. You blocked some things, huh? Yeah. Well, and my head was exploding pretty much for the entire trip. It seemed like it. You know, I, I can't help but wondering. I've read both of your bios, and you both traveled extensively. And yeah. it's probably more for Grace because Marty, you were already traveling. 
I couldn't help wondering when I read the camping story in that, if, if maybe this was part of the seed grace for you to continue yeah. to travel as you got older and do those types of things. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, um, when I first read his binder and, you know, there was a lot of wild west stories, um, in that binder. And it was reading those that I kind of had a light bulb moment and thought, Oh, maybe this is where I get my love of uh -huh. traveling and adventure. Cause I've done some things that are <laughs> but like, I ran with the bulls in Spain and, you know, right. stuff like that. That's adventurous stuff. And I, I guess I never really knew where it came from. It was just sort of me. And then I read my dad's notes and I, I guess I never realized how much he loved the outdoors and, uh -huh hiking and camping because that's stuff that I always loved. And it was kind of interesting to say, oh, I guess this is where I get my adventurous yeah. side from. Yeah. Okay. All right. So look, whenever you write a book, memoir, we're going to talk a little bit about it as kind of a memoir context. Whenever you write a book that includes others, there's always the question of how others will react to being in the book. So yeah. Marty, how have other family members reacted to the portrayal uh, uh tricky question well you're, you're touching on a nerve <laughs> there, <Michael. laughs> um, it, uh, nobody has been resistant i will, I will start out with that okay. <laughs> uh, and, then, and the degrees of cooperation vary greatly mm, yeah uh, a couple of the kids the oldest and the youngest were both uh, aloof they it's like okay just don't mention my name kind of a thing <laughs> uh and then the three in the middle have been uh of course, Grace has been very cooperative. Uh, Max has loved that he he wore a bear suit to our signing and was rolling around on the floor with all the kids that were there. So he, he's enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, and Molly, who's the third one, uh, uh, has been incredibly supportive. She was an early reader and did a lot of uh, editing for us and uh, worked has done a tremendous amount of work. Um, I, I had a luncheon with the Wild West group a year ago. In fact, it was our 50th year reunion, and I hadn't seen a couple of those guys since the trip. Uh, and they were all pretty excited about it. Uh, even even Mel, whose photo <laughs> is at the beginning of chapter three there. Uh, it, it, we all had a good time. And it's interesting. We talk a lot about the trip. And uh, after 50 years, we had some different perspectives about the different mm. things that happened on that trip. But they were all uh, very supportive. They all read the book for us and gave us feedback. So it, it's oh, been that's a great. Yeah. All right. Well, here, as an aside, I go to lunch every month with a bunch of veterans uh, friend, who are friends of mine. We call it the Romeo lunch. Are you familiar with this, Marty? You might want to use it. I like Romeo, it. Romeo, really old men eating out. When you write when you write a book like this or you write a memoir, there is one other question that comes up besides how people will react. And that is, frankly, how to how honest to be about the other people in the book, you know, who was acting up, who wasn't in acting up. Did y'all have any of those instances where you said that eh, we need to tamper this down a little bit or grace? Um, you know, I think the only person that I felt that we needed to maybe tamper down was my dad a little bit. I think, <laughs> I mean, truly, like, I think he, you know, he's kind of a self-deprecating person. And so in the original manuscript, I mean, it was a lot of it's really humorous stuff, but I'm like, let's tone this down a little bit. Like, I think he feels guilty for everything that happens, um, even though none of it is directly his fault. So I'm like, let, you know, you let's <laughs> polish you up a bit. Um, but with everybody else, we really didn't have to tone anybody else down. I think we actually ramped Max up a little bit okay. because he really, we wanted to describe him as the 
energetic, bouncing off the walls kid that he really is. And I, I feel like we portrayed everybody pretty accurately. Um, and I think we're lucky sort of going back to your previous question. No, you know, nobody did anything that made them look terrible. And we presented everybody as they were on that trip. So, you know, luckily, and it was just two weeks of people's lives. So, people, right. you know, there wasn't a lot of content that I don't think many people would get that upset over. Yeah, Mine is Mel and his picture, yeah, yeah, his picture a, in the book. But we got to tone Mel down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you mentioned Mel, the book has a dual narrative. Okay, it has the 1994 trip. It has, but it also has the 1972, if I'm remembering the year yep. correctly, uh, where Marty, when you're younger and you're going out. Um, and I found that fascinating because it gives me a little more of Marty's personality and a little more of where he's coming from. But whenever you have a dual narrative, there's always a question about where to insert things so that you don't break the flow. Yeah. How, how did you handle that? Because I'm assuming, Marty, when you wrote the original manuscript, you did not include the 1972 part. Well, actually, Michael, I, I kind of did. Oh. Uh, as I was writing uh, the original manuscript, I guess I was always looking for a diversion away from it because it was it bothered me a lot. I was still right. <laughs> kind of, you know, suffering from these. I won't. Guilt's probably too strong a word, but. Um, and as I'd be writing along, I'd say, you know what, something just like that happened on the Wild West trip or another trip, and so I kind of did put them, uh, not chronologically, but uh, I guess. Uh, just whatever was happening that was similar. And I, now I will say Sandra and Grace, both when we did the final editing, several of those got moved around. The, mm -hmm. Like the first chapter, for instance, that, you know, it opens not with the bear scene because we, you know, Sandra was pri primarily supporting that because it's just a great opening scene. So we did end up shuffling, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even half of them got shuffled around to yeah. a little more literarily appealing positions in right. the book and some of them got cut out too unfortunately okay. well it flows well it doesn't break up the the process but it's always curious to me how you know where to put them and i'm yeah. assuming you expanded some of those 1972 trips from the original manuscript version is that fair marty no that's very fair in fact the uh the the wild west trip i actually did take bullet type notes which is not really my character. I'm not sure why I did that. And I'm also not sure how they ever got saved over the period of 50 years. Yeah. I don't know where, where they got hit in some place. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely the Wild West trip. And I did check with a couple of the guys over time to make sure we were pretty close to accurate. That's one of our real themes with the book was to keep it really accurate. We don't want to exaggerate or uh, right. uh, mistell mm -hmm. things. Or add to, and we didn't need to. There was enough material <laughs> there. <laughs> Well, Grace, when did you first learn about this this famous 1972 Wild West trip? You know, I don't think I ever really knew about it. Or if I did, I didn't know any of the details. And it was maybe just a passing comment that didn't even stick in my mind. And it wasn't until when I was 28 and found his journal notes and read it that's when I realized that he had taken that trip and all of the details and just the shocking things that they did. And I guess, you know, I never think of people don't think of their parents as anything other than, than their parents. Like, I certainly never thought of my dad as a 20 year old guy road tripping across the West. So honestly, those stories to me were really the fascinating ones. And they were the stories that really want, motivated me to want to turn the whole thing into a book. 
I got you. All right. Well, look, all not all, but many campers, many backpackers have bear stories. And you alluded yeah. to it earlier. Why not, without revealing everything in the book, tell us a little bit about your family bear story, Marty. Well, I almost have to ask you which one, Michael. Uh, <laughs> the, one that, the one that starts off the book. Uh, that's a good, that's well, a good one. <laughs> uh, that's a Wild West trip. And uh I, I'll tell you a little bit about that story because uh. that's pretty amazing. <laughs> We'd been camping about six weeks on our Wild West trip, and we were in the back country of Yosemite. Uh, so we were out of the main valley. And, and the, of course, in 50 years ago, it, was, uh, it wasn't desolate, but there weren't many people up there. And one night, <laughs> uh, as we all went to bed, and camp, uh, I, I moved away from the campsite for some unknown reason. I, I pitched my little sleeping bag on the ground about 60 or 70 feet away. And I can remember laying in that bag, looking at the full moon uh, and thinking, boy, that full moon's right above the horizon. That is just so gorgeous. And I fell asleep, you know, looking at the full moon. And and then all of a sudden I just woke up out of, out of nowhere and I'm looking up and go, oh, the moon's not where it was before. It's way, <laughs> way up there. Well, I wonder what woke me up. Uh, and Right about then, I hear this real loud crackling noise, and I'm, I look around behind me, and there's what looked like an elephant walking towards me. <laughs> and it was this huge black bear, uh, and it was walking right at me. And my first impulse, very stupidly, was to call out to the guys and say, guys, watch out, there's a bear coming. But luckily, I was paralyzed. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't... <laughs> And a bear proceeded over to the campsite, uh, knocked the table over, uh, took our cooler, ran down to the stream. And um, little did we know at the time, one of our guys had sprinkled honey all over the campsite, not told anybody, thinking, oh, this will be interesting. I wonder if that will bring a bear to our campsite. <laughs> uh, he got a nickname after that. I bet he did. I bet he did. <laughs> all right, so look. In the book, because again, I don't like to reveal too much, but in the book, um, th this particular camping trip with the family ha certainly has an element of Murphy's Law in it, uh, where, you know, anything that could go wrong did kind of go wrong. Is there one thing that went wrong, Grace, that really stands out to you and your 14-year-old uh, person at the time? You know, I, I guess I would have to say what happened to my mom, Um she had the most severe incident out of everybody. And, you know, I, I, I was 14 and my dad did a very good job of sheltering us from um, as much as he could, what was going on. And I think also to the severity of it. Uh, but that, and I think even more so when we got home, after we returned back to North Carolina, I think I found out more of the details of how bad it really was and how, how she just missed being, you know, being in a really, really bad spot. And um, mm -hmm. so that, that is really what, that's the one incident that sticks out the most. To me. Michael, I have to add to that. This is a funny. Yeah, thing. please do. Well, just a little footnote to that. Um, it, my wife's been pretty reluctant to, to read much of this book, but she's read small parts of it. And just, I don't know, a couple of months ago, she was reading through this section um, and she's told me, you know, I was shocked when I read what you had there because I didn't realize how serious uh, my accident was. She goes, you know, you've, you've had this reaction all along to that, that part of the trip. And I never knew how, how 
seriously, I was hurt. Yeah, yeah. she didn't realize how close and she I, was to I, she, not I, making it. And as a nurse, I was just just amazed when she told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, whenever you write a, a true life story, a memoir, whatever, um, you know, I'm going to ask the question this way because I've, I've done it with memoir writers, very direct memoir writers. You think you know what has happened in your life. You think you understand it. But when you have to write it out, it's been my experience, and I've heard this from mem folks that write memoirs, that they learn something that they didn't realize in the process. Grace, I'll start with you. Is there something you learned in this process of writing that you, you thought you understood and then you saw it differently? Well, I will say to me, I think the most embarrassing part is like when people ask about the trip, I, you know, I remember more than everything going wrong. I just remember how incredibly beautiful it was out in Canada. And I'm, and I keep saying to people, well, I was only 14. I was kind of unaware, but I feel like, shouldn't I have been more aware? I mean, 14 is not six. I feel like I should have maybe been more aware of everything and maybe not as, I don't know, into my own 14 year old <laughs> <laughs> priorities like boys and stuff. So it, it makes me feel a little bit Marty, uh, okay. <laughs> Marty, how about you? Did you learn anything differently, you know, having to write it out or revise it since you had put the original manuscript together? What? Did you did you learn anything about yourself, about the trip that you, you hadn't thought about or you hadn't realized? Well, I, I learned uh, the truth in what Jolene had been telling me for the previous 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just you got to quit doing all this crazy stuff that you're doing. Uh, and as I started to write the book, I'm going, you know, this really does sound like a guy doing a whole lot of really crazy stuff that most normal people wouldn't do. Mm. And I, I've gotten that feedback from a lot of my friends who have read the book and said, uh, that explains a lot about <laughs> you. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a little out of control. <laughs> well, now look, the book ends, um, with a recipe. Yeah. And so talk to me, one of you, whoever, whichever one, tell me about this recipe and how it came about. Well, I'll tell you the first part of the story. Um, and then, Grace, you could, you could wrap it up. But the, the folks that, uh, that helped us out after we were in the hospital in Banff, uh, we went to their house afterwards uh, for a couple of days. And they had a neighbor come over uh, the first evening, uh, great guy, a great couple. And they came waltzing in the door with a pie. And it just so happens that's one of my favorite things on earth is, is fruit pie. <laughs> and it just lightened up a really tough time for, for me especially and for everybody. And we had a great time with the pie. And that's actually, a, there's a chapter. <laughs> it's a little bit of a relief chapter. Right. And I'll let Grace tell you about the pie itself. Well, the pie... <laughs> was was delicious and actually that chapter was really fun to write um just because we played up the pie so much although to my dad it probably wasn't it was probably downplayed because for how much he <laughs> likes the pie but at some point i remember thinking you know we've got to we should let's put the recipe to the pie in there and so alan and alice who were the neighbors who um had come over and they were the ones who had taken us horseback riding and uh i thought let's put the let's put the recipe in the book for people and um Alan sadly had passed away. So we kind of did a, you know, in memory of Alan and, you know, here's his pie. I'll tell you the problem though, is Saskatoons are pretty near impossible to get <laughs> at least down in North Carolina. I mean, they're a Canadian thing. So we, 
you know, when we were trying out the recipe here at home, we, you know, we paid, I don't know, it was like $80 to have a bag of Saskatoons shipped in. So if you can get your hands on some Saskatoons, you should definitely try the recipe. Well, it, it, it is a great way to end the, the book. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time I have for, or we have for today. Okay. Folks, you've been listening to the Writers Forum, and I've been lucky to speak with Marty Althaus and Grace Lai about their new book, Tent for Seven, A Camping Adventure Gone South Out West. Uh, folks, is there a website or a social media site that, that people can go to in order to learn more about the book? Yes, uh, we both have websites. Mine's uh, gracelyauthor.com. And if you go to that, you can also then find me on Instagram and Facebook. And Grace's last name is spelled L-Y, Grace yes. Y. Marty? Uh, Sam, I have, uh, it's Marty O-H at Carolina. Oh, that's R -R. your email. That's my email. Oh, what's my, Grace, what's my website? <laughs> I think it's martyolhout.com, I believe. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. And well, Marty's last, last name is spelled O-H-L-H-A-U-T. And I can tell just from that exchange how you helped on the book, Grace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, thanks to both of you for being on the show. Um, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank so you, did we. Michael. <laughs> All right. Music for the show is provided by Valerie Hunt Jester. And the show is produced by our very own Tyler O'Brien. <laughs>